0: Welcome to Gladness and Hunger. This is a podcast exploring the vocational magic of stories and soft skills. Frederick Beekner suggested that if you want a career satisfying to both soul and bank account, the key is to find where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. My name is Leanne W. Smith. I teach students how to get jobs as a professor in the College of Business at Lipscomb University in Nashville, Tennessee. I also write inspirational fiction. Welcome to today's conversation. Today's guest is Aiden Miller, who is about to graduate with his business degree. Aiden is a rare student who has made a strong and I suspect lasting impression on the College of Business here at Lipscomb, and you'll see why as this conversation unfolds. Aiden was a student in two of my classes and was gracious enough to let me interview him for a third, my intro to business class that I taught last fall. He has a powerful story that includes some unique childhood experiences and entrepreneurial pursuits that outpace men twice his age. In an email to Aiden yesterday, I wrote, I like hearing the stories behind people's choices. I love hearing how God works in people's lives and the joy I imagine he feels in watching us give back to the world the very gifts he has given to each of us. Aiden, when I went back and watched our interview from last fall, I realized just how much your story really encapsulates why I wanted to call this podcast Gladness and Hunger. We talked about that. Though you're still young, it's clear that your past experiences have shaped who you are and how you are. I find you and your story deeply inspirational, and it's my honor to share you with listeners today.
1: Oh, thank you, Leanne. It's so great to be here. Yeah,
0: it's great to have you. So I do want to start with your story, and I was tempted to try to tell your story in the intro, but I want you to have the opportunity to tell your own story. Sure.
1: Yeah. Um, when I think about my story and its origins, I, I usually just start where I was born and where I was raised, because I think that helps to put into context kind of my background. Right. So I was born in Lomé, which is on the coast of Togo, West Africa. My parents have been missionaries in Africa for over 25 years. Wow. So we spent the first 11 years of my life in Togo, and then we moved to Rwanda, and that's where my family currently is right now. So growing up in Togo, it was completely different than the rest yeah. of my childhood in Africa. At Togo, I mean, it's very hot. Some days it could be like 120 degrees their culture, very animistic. And so uh, my family just spent a lot of time going to unreached people groups, spreading the gospel. So when we transitioned to Rwanda, it was completely different for my family because uh, Rwanda was considered one of the most Christian nations in Africa with over, I think, 90% professing Christianity. Wow. Even though they'd had the
0: genocide there. Exactly. So if
1: you know the history of Rwanda, you know that in 1994, they experienced the genocide and. Over a million people were killed in a period of 100 days, and a lot of that was incited. Um, That country was professed to be Christian, but neighbors were killing each other. So there was just a dissonance there, and I think that was one of the reasons that my family felt very called to their work in Africa. So uh, when we moved to Rwanda, I was about 12 years old. And all throughout my childhood, I was exposed to marginalized people groups, people who experienced extreme poverty yeah. and many of those people I mean they were my friends you know I'd play with them and I didn't realize until I got a little bit older that they would not have the same access to opportunities, education, employment that I had in store for me in my future yeah. and, and I wanted to do something about that and so I had always had an entrepreneurial spirit from a young age. I ended up starting all these little companies to provide employment. You for said my you friends. even sold
0: bananas.
1: Yeah, that was probably the first <laughs> one, agricultural. Yeah, <laughs>
0: so. that's remarkable. Your fam- your parents have to be incredibly brave.
1: Yes, yeah. Wow. I, I really respect them and look up to them. The fact that they've stayed too. I mean, throughout many seasons, they've had a lot of their teammates come and go, but their commitment to Africa has just been you know, a huge part of their lives and yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I I don't know if you know this about me, but the first 12 years that my husband and I were married, he was a preacher full-time, pulpit mm-hmm. preacher in a small rural community here in Tennessee. And I we talked about mission work and even went to France one time to explore the possibility of that. And at the time in my early 20s, I just couldn't imagine making such a commitment with my life. So when I hear about somebody like your parents, a couple like them, I just have deep
1: respect for that
0: because that's really, they're the kind of people who make an impact, Yeah, you yeah. know, by going and staying.
1: I think I, I've realized that a little bit more as I've gotten older and had more perspective looking back, especially as a lot of my peers have had very different life experiences. Like I got to travel all over the world growing up and was just exposed to so many different cultures and ways of thinking, and that was just a blessing and gift that yeah. I didn't realize I received from my parents and the choices that they made with their life, so...
0: Yeah. yeah. I love how we are all products of our, not just the genes that we inherit from our parents, but our, our experiences. And there's a phrase that I love to use. It's a, I actually wrote it. It's in one of my books, my, my newest book, Alone in a Cabin. Um, but when you look back over your shoulder at your life, mm-hmm. and I love th- asking my guest that question when you look back over your shoulder at your life can you see how God was shaping you through those experiences and so you've talked about some of that but you haven't talked about the health aspect I'd love to to ask you about that
1: oh yeah so um, when I was younger I had pretty severe deformity with my chest and I was even born with a couple holes in my heart and so one of the perspective. Shifting experiences that happened early on for me was I remember we were in the states we were doing checkups and I had learned about this condition and learned that I had to have a heart surgery in order to fix it And that people who would have this number of holes in their heart At some point like their life would probably be only about a third as long as everybody else's and so There was you know I had the opportunity to have treatment and was very blessed to be able to have that but just to hear that even from a younger age that oh I my life could only be a fraction of everyone else's. I started thinking, man, like we don't have very much time on this earth. Like, what is it that I want to do to be able to provide impact for my community, um, to, you know, pursue my dreams? And I think I was lucky to be able to be surrounded by people who were on mission, whether it was my parents or their teammates. I mean, they just, they had purpose, and they were there to be able to spread the gospel and make a difference. And for me, that manifested... Um, in ministry, but more so in business. Mm. And so being able to start a coffee company when I was 16, wow. to be able to provide jobs for my friends, and then use that as a ministry opportunity, that really gave me a lot of purpose. And that was something that was brought about because I just, I didn't want to wait. I didn't want to wait until I grew up to, to get started. Yeah, you so, had a sense
0: of urgency. And exactly. I, I, I see that in you from the moment that I, I mean, I heard about you before I actually met you. You, you, were, you were building a reputation here. At Lipscomb, because you'd already done remarkable things really? for your young age, yeah. That's wild. We talked about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we always talk about superstars. Yeah, here in the halls of the university.
1: I remember getting in touch with Rob the first time and being connected to the well, and that's how I ultimately ended yeah. up at Lipscomb. And I mean, being you know four years from that moment now and looking back, I couldn't imagine any other way. Wow. Talk about looking over your shoulder, just all the things that God has done, and um, yeah, I hope that
0: Lipscomb has been as good for you as you have been for Lipscomb.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I love that you, um, had that entrepreneurial spirit and that you have, you know, combined with a sense of urgency combined with the courage modeled by your parents. And I mean, even cause you were pretty young when you got that diagnosis, I think you said you were about six years old.
1: Yeah. I was around six that I had that surgery. So.
0: Yeah. So it's remarkable that at such a young age you would think about economic impact and opportunity and what you could do to help create that for your friends. That's pretty remarkable. Thank you. So does it bring you deep gladness to, I mean, the entrepreneurial spirit is strong Mm -hmm. in you. Um, Is that what you feel like you were born to do, to be an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. It was always a part of me to go out and try to find ways to make money. It, and it wasn't necessarily even just about the money itself, but it was the pursuit the game, of it, yeah. the <laughs> game. And I think that's something that I've realized. But it's also something that, you know, brings a lot of fulfillment. That When I boil it down, for me, I come most alive when I get to make things, when I have a vision of something that does not yet exist. And yeah. the process of taking that vision to reality and getting it to share it with other people. Wow. Mm -hmm. Like, that makes me the most happy. And I think one thing that goes hand-in-hand in in that that really brings a lot of gladness to my life is being able to do that with other people, Mm -hmm. whether that's in partnership, um, like the business partners I've had along the way, or the team, where we have this camaraderie to pursue this vision and and bring its fulfillment. Mm -hmm. I mean, that. That's been some of the most wonderful times of my life when we've been able to achieve those goals and build those things. And, I mean, you go through a lot of different challenges and there's pitfalls along the way, especially recently. I've experienced more of the failure end of entrepreneurship, but there's Mm -hmm. so much that can be learned from that. Right. And when you have the right people in your corner, it makes those experiences a lot easier to learn from and move on from. So,
0: Yeah. yeah. But there's not much, like, just hearing your story, I think if I was young and I had to have a surgery like that I think I would feel sorry for myself I know I would I would feel very sorry for myself and then if I had a failure in business and I had in, you know gotten investors and taken a big risk yeah. and it didn't go the way I thought it would I think I would be pretty hard on myself because that's how I tend to be and hearing you talk about the the joy and the gladness that you get from from what you enjoy doing creating a product or creating opportunities and partnering with people like that's just not how I get my joy at all (laughs) in fact it's really hard for me to try to sell my own books um and so I admire that quality in you and I marvel at God and how like the diverse gift sets that he gave out
1: yeah yeah, among us isn't that wonderful yeah, I love that each of us is just a different reflection of his face, and that's really beautiful.
0: Yeah, when I learned about the Enneagram, uh, Ian Cronus, Suzanne Stabil's book, The Road Back to You, there's a final chapter in that book that talks about how God is all of these things. And I'm highly creative, and he's highly creative, and I just love that. And I'm a giver, too, and he's a giver. Um, but I love how we're all like him. Yeah, with our special gifts. We fall, we get up. We lose, but we gain something in return. We love in spite of the risk. So much of life is conquering fear to reach the gifts that lie on the other side. That's a quote from my latest book, Alone in a Cabin a contemporary romantic suspense about a woman who finds herself on her own again shortly after turning 50. I share that quote here at the midpoint of our conversation today as an encouragement for wherever you are on your own journey toward gladness and hunger. Information about me, my books, this podcast, and the content I teach can be found on my website at leannwsmith.com. Um, so there was something that we had talked about in the interview that I did with you last fall, where you talked about there being three boxes that you take everything through when you're trying to make a decision. And I thought that was really worth sharing again in this podcast. Do you mind talking about that? Do you remember that?
1: I think you might have to jog my memory. I might have that. to jog it. Yeah. So
0: if I, if I recorded it right, you said that when you were trying to make decisions, you take it through um, a series of three questions. What am I genuinely good at?
1: Oh, yes. Does it mean Yes, that rings a bell. Yeah. So just being able to have that perspective, like, is this path the right path for me to pursue? Does it check off the box, which is, is it something that I'm good at? Like genuinely, is there a skill that God has given me that I can apply to this? And then does it set me on fire? Am I passionate about it?
0: Right. This gladness that you're talking about. There really is something about it.
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, that's just the fuel that keeps you going when things get hard
0: right and then I think
1: was the third box that can I combine those things to be able to have some sort of economic driver economic driver to provide value that's
0: the part that I'm not good at I got a (laughs) blind spot right there
1: I've even come to learn too that there are levels to that economic driver too there have been projects that I have been skilled at I've been passionate about but I've had to um, specifically ask myself like is this hitting the targets that I want it to hit because sometimes you can you can produce money with something, but is it really growing to the place that you want it to be? And life is short. You have to ask yourself, like maybe I need to pursue something else now. Um, Yeah.
0: And I know for somebody like me, purpose matters so much to me. I mean, it's, it far outweighs in my life, the love of wanting to create economic impact. But I admire that so much, you know, people that have that skill and it's so necessary. Um, But I, I couldn't, I don't know. I couldn't feel good about myself if I was just making money and feeling yeah. like it was for cheap purposes or, yeah. you know, not really doing the world good.
1: Yeah. That's why it's so important for those things to all work in harmony together. Right. And then you'll find that like if some, one of those is missing, there'll just be something off. And, and right. um, I feel like God really blesses projects where all those things are met. So,
0: yeah, yeah. it does require more than just passion yeah. and more than just talent. Yep. Yeah. There's got to be uh, that world's deep hunger part. Right. Um, So you know that I teach soft skills. Mm -hmm. And when I can, I try to work in a couple of questions about soft skills. So when you have stepped into the role of, you know, deciding who is going to work with you and for you, what are the qualities that matter most in the people that you want to surround yourself with?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's been so interesting to think back um, between my three companies over the years, like six years of being an entrepreneur, and realizing, wow, we've had probably over 50 different people that have worked for us, primarily younger people. These are people that we intentionally tried to hire either out of high school or in that college age. Um, And one of the common themes for the high performers have been their willingness to listen Mm. and this idea of having a growth mindset and genuinely wanting to learn. If people are stuck in their ways when they come in, it's just really hard to be able to mold them or build them up. Right. And I have been so grateful for the employees that I've had and the team members that I've had that have always been looking for what else, like mm. what else can I do to help once my job description has been met or I have done something like they're actively looking for where can I continue to add value or how can I help here without even being asked. That is gold, yeah. isn't it? And it's just, it's wonderful. And it, those are the kind of people that really help to push growth in an organization and right. you'll want them to stick around and be in your corner.
0: Right. Right. I this is just a simple illustration but I have a student in my Tuesday Thursday class who the first time we had student presentations um she volunteered to be the timekeeper for me and the second day we had presentations we were about 3 or 4 in and I suddenly remembered oh I'm not keeping time and I looked over and she was doing it she never said a word she was just quietly keeping time again And three or four times we've had that in class. We've had a couple of makeup days when people need to do that. And one one day there was just one student who did a makeup presentation. And after class was over, she brought the time up to me and just on a post-it note and put it (laughs) on my. And I said, you have no idea how wonderful and refreshing (laughs) and how actually rare that is.
1: That speaks volumes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That you don't have to be told again or ask again. Mm. You just know there's a need. I see it. I'll do it. Exactly. Yeah. What a marvelous quality. Um, Any other charges that you would have?
1: For me, I think one of the things that really set me up, and I got a lot of this from my parents, specifically my dad, you know, in life you might have a big dream, a big goal as a student. You might even have a very big project, and all those things can be overwhelming because of their size. Right. So being able to distill them into these little actions that have to be taken every day in order to arrive there, and discipline is another one of those. I guess you could even say soft skills that really help to set people up for success in life. Like being able to do things even when you don't feel like doing it. Yeah. And staying faithful to the journey, because a lot of these things, I mean, they take time. Yeah. Anything meaningful takes time in order to build and. I was thinking in particular, there's this one, uh, you could say proverb, there was a, it's this tree, I think it's the Chinese bamboo tree, and it's a very unique tree because you plant the seed and it requires consistent watering, but it takes five years before it even breaks the surface of the ground. Wow! And so for a person who might plant and tend to this tree, their neighbors might think, oh my goodness. You know, you go outside and you just water the dirt every day and we see no growth happening. Like, what are you doing? What's wow. that for? But then the the beauty of this tree is that after five years, it breaks through the surface of the earth and within fifteen days it grows over ninety feet tall. What? So the question <laughs> is, did that tree take ninety days to grow or five years? Right. And even though everyone else didn't see that growth happening, didn't see the preparation that was occurring underneath the surface in yeah. order to allow for that explosion. It was the consistency of the care that was taken. And that's something that I try to apply and keep into perspective even for my own life. Right. Because all these experiences and failures and successes, they are just preparing me for my growth moment. Mm. And I don't know when that's going to occur. And for different things in my life, maybe business, relationships, I mean, that growth moment can take place five years, 10 years. But just to know that you have to be, you have to show up and have that discipline to water yeah. that seed. Yeah.
0: That's beautiful, Aiden. I wrote, um, wrote, I read the Bezos letters yeah. in the fall. We may have talked about this oh, when I have had you come. to read
1: that um, book. That one's been wonderful.
0: Yes. Yeah. But he has that same ability to look at the long-term game. Um, and I really came to respect that quality in him when I read that book, and that's that's what it's reminding me of. What you're talking about, that also is a rare quality in this day of instant gratification. Yeah. You know, we want results; we want them yesterday. Yeah,
1: that's true. But
0: that's a that's a
1: valuable. I think that's that's one of the things that, especially with younger people, and I noticed that in myself. Just my personal journey, wanting things very soon. Yeah. And the older I get, you know, even this four years in college, I've learned the importance of patience. Yeah. And I can't remember who said it, but I know he was a a Welsh minister, but he said the worst thing that can happen to a man is for him to succeed before he is ready.
0: Wow. This idea
1: that we want things and sometimes even in business, you might have it a success, but if you don't know how you earned that, what you did to get there, it's not guaranteed again in the future. So this idea that, you know, these things are preparing you to one day be ready and it's almost better for you to have that delayed gratification Mm -hmm. and success than to get it right away.
0: That's Um, a beautiful message. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I wish all young people could have the influence of your parents <laughs> and just your your outlook on life. Um and is it true that you have a sister? I do. Here?
1: Yeah, I had an older sister. She graduated a few semesters ago, but she lives in Bordeaux, France now and teaches English, so.
0: Wow. Yeah. I would love to meet her too. Yeah, she's wonderful. Is there anything else that you came in with today that you think Man, I was really hoping we would talk about this or yeah. that I would get to share a certain thing.
1: That's a good question. I think oh, Quisira
0: means hope and belief. I do want to. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so
1: I, I think when I was sharing my story, I, I kind of skipped over what it is that I actually do in some of the yes. companies that I've built.
0: We didn't even talk about so, coffee.
1: I mean, coffee's been a big <laughs> place in my life. I, I talked about this desire to be able to create jobs, and the vehicle to do that was through right. this coffee shop that I started in 2017 called Crema. And we hired young people in our community, and the idea was to provide a platform that would empower them with life skills and even entrepreneurial skills to go and start their own businesses and create this ripple effect I where we're launching people to start their companies and then hire other people. And yeah, so I did that for a couple years until 2019 when I decided it was time to move on and equip myself through higher education, and that's how I got connected with Lipscomb. Yeah. But I really missed the work that we were doing in Africa that started all those years ago. So my roommate and I, we started a coffee cart in 2019. And it was called Kuisera, which is a Kenyan Rwandan word that means hope or belief. Mm -hmm. And the hope was that we would have this business to continue to give back specifically to agricultural and economic development programs. And so that coffee cart, again, just my personal desire to have a vision of something bigger was to take it to a brick and mortar within two years of being in college. And so with the help of the College of Business and starting to formulate more of a plan to be able to create revenue, we were able to accomplish that. And then it's been interesting because we had that brick and mortar downtown in Nashville for two years, and we actually closed our doors in November of last year. Mm -hmm. But now I'm personally focusing more on the farming end of the business. So I have a coffee farm in Rwanda. And my, wow. my thought was so.
0: And you're how old Aiden?
1: <laughs> 22. <laughs> so
0: I have a coffee farm in Rwanda.
1: <laughs> I growing up around farming communities, I, I really had an understanding of the coffee industry from the back end. Yeah. And So I wasn't really exposed to the retail world of coffee until, until later. And so having this ability to have my foot in each of these worlds. I wanted wow, to connect Wow, because them. most
0: people here understand the retail side of it. Yes. They have no idea yeah, what's happening in the from. background.
1: Exactly. Wow, what a gift. So the, the vision is to vertically integrate the coffee supply chain, and there's so many great specialty coffee shops in Nashville, and everybody's mining for gold. I want to be selling the pickaxes, so I want to become mm. the distributor and supplier, and I just feel like that model is so much better, too. I mean, I know we don't have a lot of time today, but there was just a lot of things on the business side that I learned about what it takes to actually build a profitable, scalable business. Right. And retail's really hard, so um, I'm, I'm excited to move into this next phase of something different.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. That's really exciting. So you're going to be the middleman, man, yeah. so to speak, the supplier. Um, hope and belief. Why did you, how did you
1: land on that? Well, I, I think hope is such a key component uh, yeah. for thriving. It's like, if you don't have hope, just, it's so hard to, to be able to move forward. It's true. And Rwanda specifically was a country that needed hope. There's a lot of people there um, who, like I said, they just don't have the same access to opportunities, education, and employment. So I wanted to create a driving factor that could be a origin of hope for them, but also point them to a greater everlasting hope, which yeah. is Jesus. You know? So those things hand in hand um, that's that's what we're trying to do.
0: Wow! And you've demonstrated this belief um, quality, you know, talking about that tree, and yep. it requires a lot of faith to water a tree that long. <laughs> none, so, of none of
1: this I could do by myself, and there have been moments where God has carried me, and I, I, I yeah. don't know how I was going to proceed. So,
0: I am absolutely certain that one of these days I'll be able to say I knew Aiden Miller <laughs> 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 when he was when he was a student, dreaming big, and. Um, I know that you're going to do important work.
1: Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Lee, and I appreciate that. Yeah,
0: for the kingdom. So um, I love that I know you. Thank you for coming today and being a guest on my show.
1: Yeah, thanks again for having me.
0: Thank you for listening. May today's conversation fan the flames of your own dreams and offer you practical insights as you seek to satisfy the world's deep hunger with the gifts God has placed securely in your own hand. Until next time.